program that was just absolutely amazing, and it glorified God. And so I would just want to say thank you to the praise team and to you, Amy, for what you do time after time and time again. You know, what's amazing is when you come up here to teach and, and to bring the word, there's a lot that goes into this. And then when you're standing here on this stage, but bef- the people who came before you, they walk in and you know that God has been ministering to them. You were talking about the fiery darts. And I got to thinking about the last probably about 45 days. I've known for about two months that I was going to be the ministering up here tonight. And I know every fiery dart that has been thrown at me to try and stop me from ministering this message tonight. And, and even so much so that as I was printing it off, I realized I, I, I took out a whole section of it. By accident, um, but we're still going to get to it because I, I thwarted the uh, devil's efforts here and, and, and put it back in. And then Pastor Roy, in his scripture that he used at the end, the rewarder, happens to be Hebrews eleven six, And it's the foundational scripture of tonight. <laughs> but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So the message's title tonight is He is, you are, faith that moves mountains. We're going to talk about faith, we're going to talk about belief, and we are going to talk about the great I am tonight. And I'm hoping at the end of this message that we will see a positional shift in where you stand if you're not already standing as a son of the living God. I want to start with some of the champions of faith. And Kathy, you don't have this. I'm, I'm just reading this off of my notes. Don't worry. Don't worry about keeping up with me for right now. This is, this is going to be talking about some champions of the faith. And, and some people know that the faith chapter or one of the faith chapters is called Hebrews 11. And I challenge anybody to go to Hebrews 11 and read through all of what God has to say. I'm just going to touch on a little bit about it. If you think about Noah, Noah was warned of the things to come. But by faith, Noah spent almost a hundred years, if not more, to build an ark. An ark that would save eight people and all of the animals of creation to rest put on Mount Ararat at a later time. Moses, who was rescued as a baby, raised up in the Uh, in, In Egypt, refused his title and 
walked with his people. And as he led them out of Egypt, he walked up to the sea and with a stick in hand raised his stick and the sea opened wide. And he walked on through. Faith walking up to that sea. Joshua marched around Jericho and in seven days the walls fell down by faith. Gideon had 300 men. Now he started with a lot more. But God said, nope. Too many. Too many men. And so by faith he kept sending them away and sending them away and sending them away. And when he got down to 300 men, 300 men defeated an army. Abraham moved from his family's land to a new land, a promised land. He believed on God, and after the promise came and Isaac was born, yet he still took him to the bush to sacrifice him. By faith, he knew that God would do a work that day. And last time we heard from Pastor, he was talking about five stones in the hands of David. And he walked up to a giant that day and defeated a whole nation with five little stones. By faith, he believed God. And the thing to remember about all of these is one of the beliefs that they stood on is of a time coming of Jesus Christ. If we go to Matthew 21, uh, 21, 21 through 22, so Jesus answered and said to them, Assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, You will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but also if you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. It will be done. And whatever you do, you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. So we have the champions of faith and they just did things on a whisper. They heard a still small voice. They heard God's voice and they just acted on these things. They believed God in that moment. So tonight, we're going to start with talking about what it means to believe. We're going to define belief, and then we're going to get into the next section of this here. Defining belief. John 6, 26 through 29. Jesus answered them and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me, not because you saw the signs, But you ate the loaves and were filled. 27 says, Do not labor for food which uh, which perishes, but for food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set his seal on him. Then they said to him, What shall we do that we may work the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in Him whom He sent. 
Now, I'm going to add to that. That means if you believe on him who God sent, Jesus Christ, you believe on God as the creator. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the great I Am. I want you to think about the moment you first believed. Think about that very first moment. God had been drawing you. You'd thought about it, but you weren't sure. Maybe, maybe you were trying to run from God, but God had His eyes on you. And somewhere along the way, you, 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 you tripped, you stumbled, you, you fell, and you realized that you needed a Savior and that there was God and He had sent Jesus on the cross for you. And so that day when you first believed, that moment that you first decided, I need you, God. You opened up your heart and you believed. You were a sinner at that moment. You were a sinner saved by grace. But what brought you to this table was God calling you. He was reaching out to you. And he was calling your name. The Bible says that God is the God. I am is the God who sees me. And Kathy, you don't have this scriptures and stuff. But I want to just talk about the 99 versus the one for a moment. At some point in your life, you were the one. And Jesus left the 99, God left the 99 standing out in the open field. And he went after you. I guarantee you, everybody in this room has a story about where God found you, where Jesus found you. Most of you know my story. My story was in the back of a house uh, back in 2005. At the moment that I could have either committed suicide or given my life to Christ. At that moment was when I got onto my knees and I said, God, I can't do this on my own. That's when he said, welcome home. Welcome home. Wasn't the answer I was expecting. (laughs) But it was the one that saved me. I was a sinner I had made the world, everything in it, my own. I was the God of my own universe. I was the God of my own creation. Everything I put my hands to, well, it didn't quite prosper. (laughs) It didn't quite do any good for me along the way. What it did was every brick and every pain I carried myself. I was Atlas with the whole world on me. But it was that day that I finally came to the end of myself and I said, God, I want to believe. I want to know you. I want to know you in that perfect way, in that perfect place. God, you are all that I need. I can't do this without you. And I came to the end of myself and I brought myself right to that place and said, God, I need you. I need your, I need your help. I need your life. And as I got there, 
God took me through so many places. And I learned to, to understand and trust Him. And, and trust me, I still don't have. There's a lot of this, and, and even Pastor will probably, although he's a human Bible, by the way, but uh, <laughs> he's rolling his eyes at me just for those who can't see right this minute. But he'll even attest that, that he can pick up this book every day and learn something new and great and wonderful about God. God told me shortly after that to never stop learning about Him. Never stop growing in Him. But always, always be thirsting and hungering after Him. And then we find it in the Beatitudes to thirst and, and, and hunger after righteousness. After His love. After His mercy. And understanding God is to understand what it means to believe and have faith. And that's what I want you to get out of this message tonight. Belief has a few definitions to it. I took it from the Strong's 4100, the Helps 4100, and the Strong's New Testament lexicon. I'm going to give you just a few definitions of belief. First is to have faith in, to trust in, to affirm and have confidence in. Am persuaded to think to be true, to be persuaded, or to credit, and to place confidence in. There are too many times. Let me let me ask a question to this to this audience tonight. And I want to thank you for all those who are tuning in online as well. Uh, we we really do appreciate when you when you join us from afar as well as, as at home. But I want to ask a question to this, this audience today. How many of you identify as sinners saved by grace? Okay, I just want you to understand, I do ask, when I ask questions, I usually set people up. So I'll, I'll get to that answer a little bit later in there. I want to take you a little bit further here. I taught in a previous message before the foundation of the world. God looked, he saw, he found no champion for mankind. As he found no champion for mankind, he sent Jesus before the foundation of the world to save us. And he asked for us to believe. So the question is today, who are you today in Jesus Christ? Are you the one who doesn't believe? Are you the one who is a sinner saved by grace? Or have you stepped into new creation living? Now I'll get into that in just a minute. So we're going to start with the first title here I've got is He is God. And if I could have Genesis 1 and 1. Just Genesis 1 and 1. And... I've studied this verse quite a bit. And we, we, you know, we read, in the beginning, God created heavens and the earth, and we go on there. But I'm always amazed at the very first part of the line. In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. The foundation of everything. In the beginning, God. 
He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He is the creator of the universe. Scientists today doesn't have a hand on God and what he has put in this book. They just figured out only a few years ago that the heavens are stretched out. But in Psalms 104, it says they're stretched out by the hand of God. He separated the heaven from the earth. In the days of Noah, when when the flood came, the, the word was that the water came from the depths of the earth. But in Psalms 104, and and I don't have that scripture up there, but Psalms 104, it says there was a gate placed to stop the waters. And when God spoke, the waters receded. In the beginning, God. Can I emphasize in the beginning, God? In... Revelation 1.8, it says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is, who was, and who is to come, the Almighty. Tonight, I'm going to introduce you to God. I want you to understand and believe at the end of this I want you to adhere to. I want you to be persuaded of. I want you to place confidence that in the beginning, God. The only being present was God. And a mere speak of his voice. He opened his mouth and spoke. The heavens and the earth were created. The waters divided. The light came. The world came. And he spoke again and the waters came and and started to rain over all the earth. And then all of the seeds started to grow. And here we have creation. Just at the spoken word. I am who I am. As we know at the burning bush, this will be Exodus 3 and 14. And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. He is the great I am. Jesus himself, when he walked on the earth, said there is none great except the Father. He is the great I am. Who is I am? And I'm doing this from a perspective of the triune God. I am is the triune God. 1 John 5 and 7, for there are three, there are three that bear witness in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. Now, we have the Word, and we know in uh, John 1 and 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. We know that the Word is Jesus Christ. 
and he was with God in the beginning. Then God said in Genesis 1 and 26, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Wondering if they could ever come up with a better word than creeps, but that's all right. We'll go with that one. I am the triune being. He is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I want to take you through a few scriptures here. And you're right, Pastor. I probably had a little bit more on here than I needed. (laughs) Pastor tries to coach me from time to time. I sometimes listen to him. I am is God the Father. Genesis 1 and 2 and 3. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the water. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the water. And God said, let there be light. In Isaiah 37, 15 through 16. Then Hezekiah prayed to the Lord saying, O Lord of hosts, God of Israel, the one who dwells between the cherubim, you are God, you are alone. Of all the kingdoms of the earth, you have made heaven and earth. Genesis 1 and 27 says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. I am the God who created us. The one previous to that was, I am God alone. I am Jehovah Ra, the Lord my shepherd. I am Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He is my provider. Now, I can, I can walk through and go, go through my life and say, Hey, I hope God provides for me today. Or I can go through my life and go, God is my provider. I don't have anything to fear. I'm going to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I'm going to have a table prepared before me in the presence of my enemies. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, I can hope that that's the case, or I can believe that that's the case, and I can live my life that way. And then, I am the God who heals. Exodus 15 and 26. I'm just doing highlights. I just want you to know I found over 300 different names of God, and I wasn't going to read them all to you tonight. When I told that to Pastor, he, he wasn't sure what I was going to do up here. Exodus 15 and 26, and he said, If you diligently hear, heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments and keep all of his statutes, I will put none of the disease, diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that heals you. I want to give you a personal testimony today. There have been many times and many cases that I should have had broken bones, hurt this, pains here. 
I should have this disease, this illness. There are many times where doctors have said, oh, you've probably got this and you've probably got that. And I can honestly tell you today they have always been wrong because he is the God that heals me. And I trust and know that that is the case. I was telling my brothers the other day, I stepped out of a U-Haul truck. I've been in a lot of them lately for for my company. And I stepped out of the U-Haul truck and I heard the crack in my leg when I hit up against the tow hitch. I mean, I knew I was supposed to be in pain. I knew my leg was supposed to be broken. But at that moment, I, I put my foot down on the ground and I said, in the name of Jesus, this is not going to manifest. I'm going to finish this job tonight. And I grabbed the hold of the, the, of the hand truck and I started moving and there was no pain, no problem, no issue. That's my God. That's the God I serve. We also know Isaiah 53, 5, but he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. I'm going to go off cuff on this on the next one. The next section is, I am, the, I am, I am is God the Son. So first of all, we got God the Father, Creator. You've got God the Son, and the name was Emmanuel. God with us. So God thought it not robbery to come down here and walk among us, teach us, and then at the end of it, went to the cross for us. The punishment that was on us was put on Him that we would be redeemed from the curse. The punishment that was supposed to be us, every single one of us, remember I told you earlier, God searched, He found no one that could redeem us from the curse. And so He sent Jesus to be the propitiation of our sins. He took them all on the cross. It is not our job to go get them down off the cross. It is our job to believe that He is, was, and always will be, and that He did this for us. John 1.14, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John 8:58 says Jesus said to them most assuredly I say to you before Abraham was I am Do you have the theme yet tonight of what we're talking about just making sure I am God the Holy Spirit God in us Jesus said in John 14, 16 through 18, And I will pray the Father, and He will give you another Helper, that He may abide with you forever. He didn't say for a few hours. He didn't say for a couple of minutes. He's going to hang out with you. He said forever. And the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees Him nor knows Him, 
But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Did you, did you ever think of the story of the Good Samaritan? So here's a man broken on the side of the road, and his own people passed him by. But then the Samaritan comes by, and a pastor or priest comes by, some others come by, and then the Samaritan comes by, somebody that should be opposed to him, grabs him, and takes him to the inn. But do you know what he said at the end of that? He paid his wages so he'd be taken care of, and he said, I'll be back again to take care of all of this. He said, I'll be back again. Our Savior said, I'll be back again. But while you're here, I've just brought you a helper. Now, if we saw in Genesis where it says the Spirit of God was on the waters, the Spirit of God is now present in those who have received the Holy Spirit. Those who have said, God, come into my life. We can give our lives to Christ, but we got to go to God and say, God, I want you to be present in our life. In Acts 2, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire. One sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And I'm right on time to talk about the, the last part of this. pastor was worried for a minute there. Faith. Let's talk about faith. Faith is, this is by the Easton, uh, Easton's Bible Dictionary, faith is the divine testimony, and this is the part I like, not the reasonableness of what God says, but the simple fact that he says it. Do you reasonably think that the word is okay to follow? Or have you given yourself over to the fact that God is? In the beginning, God. It's a yes or no question. Do you believe God? In Isaiah 43, it says, Uh, 10 through 12. You are my witnesses, says the Lord, and my servants whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, nor shall there be after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. I have declared and saved, I have proclaimed, and there was no foreign God among you. Therefore, you are my witnesses, says the Lord, that I am God. Easton's Bible Dictionary continues with faith rest immediately on thus saith the Lord. But in order to this faith, the veracity, sincerity and truth of God must be owned and appreciated together with his unchangeable nature. And in Proverbs 30 and 5, it says, Every word of God is pure. He is a shield to those who put their trust 
in him. And now I'm getting to the you are. To believe God is to also accept a very important fact. And I'm going to go to this side. This does not depict anybody on the left side is a sinner and these are saved by grace. I just want to clarify this ahead of time. But I'm going to stand over here. I'm a sinner. I came to the altar. And now that I believe, I have stepped into a life of belief. Now, the life of belief comes with it promises. Not suggestions, not hoped-fors, promises. And if you believe unto knowledge, these promises are yours. And yours and, and, and anyone else who believes around you, they're theirs as well. The promises are for everybody. I've got just a highlight of them. The first belief is believing you are children of the Most High God. Galatians three twenty six through 29. For you are, doesn't say maybe, for you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you were baptized into Christ, have put on Christ, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, There is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. When you received Jesus, you died. And you stepped into a new life. The old has passed away, death, burial, and resurrection into a new creation. Jesus said, the first of many brethren, sistren, all of them, the first of many, we're the many. We're the ones who believe. We're the ones that were talked of in the times of Noah and Moses and all of those who knew that somebody was coming. His name was Jesus. His name was Emmanuel, was coming. They all knew that there was somebody coming and they believed that he was coming. We get to be the part of the promise that was promised to them that God would live in us. And when you are in Christ, you are joint heirs with Christ. And Mike, uh, uh, Pastor Mike often says, there's a, there's a passage, and I, and I don't have it written down, but it basically says, and we'll do the basics things like raise the dead, lay hands on the sick. Those are the basics. The second one I've got here is believing you are the dwelling place of God. My favorite, Ephesians 2, 19 and 22. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. It says you are. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. 
That is a definitive statement. You are the dwelling place of God. It's not something hoped for. And if you don't think you're the if you don't think you've got the Holy Spirit tonight, I want you to come down afterwards and we're going to pray with you. We're going to pray for the indwelling of the Holy Spirit tonight. Third one. Believing you are the new man, the old has passed away. 2 Corinthians 5 and 15 through 19. I'm almost done, Pastor. And he died for all, that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh. Yet now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are are of God. There's that God part again. Who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. How many times, and I was guilty of this too, have we gone to the shed, gotten out the shovel, and started digging up the old man? (laughs) There's a part of him I still want. There's a part of him I need. I need Jesus. I need God. I need the Holy Spirit. That's all that I need. And I will be provided for. I'll be taken care of. I can prosper. I can do all things through Him who strengthened me. That's the God I serve. That's the God I love. Because He first loved me, even when I was yet in sin. Finally, Believing that you are justified by the death on the cross. And before I do the the scripture here, I just want you to think about it. To believe that Jesus died for your sins is to take your sins and nail them to the cross. It's not something that we carry as a banner. We don't carry it as, as, as a reminder. Oh, just look at what I did. Mm-mm, look at what my God did. He saved me. He delivered me. He justified me by His death on the cross. And now I can stand in the newness of life. I can stand in the Holy Spirit. I live and breathe and have my being in Jesus Christ. That's where my life is, is in Christ. And I have no other place that I would rather be than to be in Christ. There is nothing I want to desire after other than Jesus Christ. And it was all because God loved me before the foundation of the world. And when I looked and turned my eyes to Him, He turned back to me. He loved me when I was in sin. If I, if I could tell you all the times that I knew He saved my life, I, we don't have enough time. The formula for mountain moving faith is to believe, to trust in, to adhere to the knowledge without doubting that He is. And believe 
that his word is truth, that he sent Christ for you, that he has redeemed you from the curse, that he has sanctified you, he has justified you, believes that the Spirit of God is in you, faith that moves mountains, believes he is, and that his word is truth. Hebrews 11.6, we're going to end with this. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he has come, for he who comes to God must believe that he is. And that he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Think about the woman with the issue of blood. She heard about this Jesus. And she pressed through the throngs of people. And all she could do was grab a hold of the hem of his garment. And it delivered her from illness and disease. Today, I challenge you to step away from the thought that you're sinners saved by grace and step into the new creation living. New creation living is the one that believes God is, was, and always will be. Believes that God will do what He says He will do. It is the belief that God will perform what He has said. When you do that, watch the mountains before you move. I want to just end in prayer tonight. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I am so grateful, Lord, that you have moved mountains before me. That you have delivered me from darkness and brought me into the light. Father, I am grateful that, that the folks here tonight and those listening on through the internet know you today. And if you don't know him today, Father, let them cry out to you today. I want to know you, God, in your entirety. I want to know the love that you poured out to us. Father, I am so grateful. And I'm praying, Father, that you have touched the heart of everyone in this room today. And Father, I pray that the strongholds in their lives and the shackles in their lives are broken right now. I pray that all sin has been nailed on the cross. I pray that belief has been elevated to the level that believes you with everything. I pray for hope to turn into knowledge 
I pray for your godly wisdom and, and your abilities, Father, that you've given us. For through you, all things are possible. I thank you that you're our provider. You're our, our, our life and our life rug. We were dead in sin, but yet we now are alive because of Jesus Christ. I thank you, Father, for the hope and the heart to serve you all the days of my life. And I pray the same for everyone here. I pray for them to find their purpose in you, Lord. Their direction. Whatever they're looking for tonight, whatever mountains need to be moved in their lives tonight, I know that you're faithful, God. You're a delivering God. You're a chain-breaking God. You're our provider. You're our wisdom and our knowledge. And I glorify you tonight, Lord. And I pray the same for all my brothers and sisters tonight. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. If anybody needs prayer tonight, come on up.